This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think about you all the time. It's like you got a hold of my my heart. Affection lose, connection on. Say goodbye. Cause I don't think that I. Hi, everybody. Today's guest is singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Rosie Freighter-Taylor from London, England. Rosie and I dissect her 2021 single, Think About You, from her upcoming album, Bloom. Rosie was brought to my attention by my producer, Chris, and we truly believe that she is going to be a super well-known artist in the future, that we can proudly say we had her on the show before she was a household name. Throughout the conversation, I was continually floored by the thought process that goes into Rosie's songwriting and how she conveys that to the other musicians she's working with in the studio to achieve exactly what she's hearing in her head. Rosie mentioned that she comes from a musical household, something I can very much relate to, and how that has shaped her as a songwriter. And she talks about a trip to Germany that sparked the initial idea via a voice memo on her phone for Think About You. For all this and much more, don't touch that dial. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Well, hello there, Rosie. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me, Chris, on your wonderful podcast. I'm excited. <laughs> I am excited. And uh, as we were chatting off uh, off recording here a moment ago, uh, you mentioned that your uh, your mom made you some soup, uh, and a, a vegetable soup, but your dad just brought it into the room to you. It looks delicious. And Chris and I, my producer, are envious. So we hope you enjoy your soup. <laughs> Uh, you can't have uh, a deep dive songwriting podcast without some very delicious soup to go with it. So. I, I think tea would be a little more English, but we'll go with soup. We'll go with soup. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to set this up a little bit, Rosie. You know, Chris and I, our producer for the show here, we get a lot of things that come across our desk. Lots of emails, uh, different publicists and managers that want us to, to feature their artist. Uh, a lot of the people that have been on, on the show are, are friends of mine. I've been in the business for, for almost 30 years. And uh, these, these friends of mine come on and they've had songs that have you know, sometimes been around for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And we can, we can talk about them. In your case, you're a newer artist. Not many people have, have been ex- exposed to you. And we, we got... Uh, the email from your management and Chris and I were absolutely floored. You know, we did an earlier episode last year uh, of an unknown artist uh, in Pittsburgh and we feel that we just want to, you know, sometimes feature some lesser known people. But in your case, we just feel like we found a superstar before you're a superstar. You, oh, your, your sound is just... I can't believe, and I, I, I hate to bring up age because I don't mean it condescending, I can't believe the material that you're writing as a 21-year-old person. It is just, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. And, you know, you've obviously been around a studio. I know a lot of studio trickery. You know, if I want to make a rap, a funny rap song, I could, I could make it and kind of fool you and make it kind of sound like a rap song. Or if I wanted to do a metal song, I could, I could use some uh, different effects and make it. I couldn't even begin to try to emulate what you do. I, it is just, it's part jazz. It's part folk, it's part pop, it's part soul, and it just comes from a place that, I don't know what you want to call it, God-given, you, you didn't take lessons to do what you do, and I, 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 can't, I can't say enough about it, it's, it's amazing, so uh, congratulations on uh, the success that you have had, and like I said, I think that, uh, I think you're going to be a, a household name one of these days. And I'm, I'm, oh man, thank you so much, I mean, 
yeah, you, you've sort of you've got the music in a nutshell there with with the folk and the pop and the jazz and the soul. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's so kind of you. It's uh, yeah to to hear hear that because um, you know I put I put my heart into this music and um, it means it does mean a lot. You know, it means a lot. So thank you. <laughs> well, like I said, you this isn't something that you went down the road and took a couple lessons from your neighbor and and started playing. <laughs> I I'm watching you play these videos and playing guitar and you're doing these runs and these jazzy things on the guitar and you're singing a counter melody to that and I just I can't wrap my head around it. I I could take lessons and and not be able to do it. Like I said, this is something inside you that you were born with. It's a gift and it's it's really cool. You released a a self-produced record in 2018. Uh, called On My Mind, and your new album uh, is coming out uh, soon called Bloom. Was the new record self-produced as well? The new record is completely, well, almost completely self-produced bar two tracks. So there's 12 tracks on the album, and I worked with a couple of London-based producers uh, for those ones. But in terms of the writing, it's it's all mine and the majority of the production, yeah. And on the on the one we're, we're going to discuss today, uh, that's, that is self-produced, yes. Typically, again, a lot of my guests uh, have, have been around for for a number of years, or I know them, and we just, you know, we'll we'll talk for a little bit, and we'll just deep dive into the song. In your case, if you don't mind, uh, you know, because I typically don't like to treat this like an interview. I like to, you know, have it be centric around the song. But in this case, I'd, I'd like to get a little background, if you don't mind. I know that you uh, are in your final year studying jazz guitar at the Royal Academy of Music, so. Mm-hmm. And, and and we'll get there in a moment, but let's back up. What are what are some of your earliest memories uh, of music? So I have a, I'm in the fortunate position of having a musical family, musical parents. So you on the first record and on this record as well, I work quite closely with my dad, who's a, who plays drums on the record, and also my mum is a singer. So they are uh, have quite eclectic tastes in music. So. There's there's definitely memories of being introduced to a lot of what some people might consider niche music, you know, around the house, like when they're when they're cooking and stuff. So those are probably my earliest memories, just like hearing that music. And there's some great like home footage of me, like my dad just holding me on on his lap, and I'm I'm like playing his drums and like whacking it really hard. <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, don't don't hurt yourself. But I'm like really going for it. Yeah, and then I. I really started uh, playing myself uh, when I was about seven or eight. So I started taking drum lessons from from my dad. And um, then I picked up the guitar a similar time. And I I sort of had those two going on a little bit. I started taking taking some lessons in guitar. Um, And they were really sort of just working simultaneously for a long time till I was in my early teens. I was very much drummer slash guitarist and that was like what I was really into I guess in terms of songwriting um I've been through a few phases of that as well so I I had like a little kid band with a couple of friends of mine and um called Flamin' Hot best band name (laughs) I like it I was saying I like it I like it and at the time it was very much like quite cheesy distortion on the guitar and like Avril Lavigne was my my little my little kind of guitar icon being a obviously being a woman as well I was like ah <laughs> um yeah so so I had that and then a little bit later on in my early teens I started checking out um a lot of an artist called Ben Howard darling you're with me always around me only love only love darling I feel you I don't know if you guys have him or into him in America, but um, in the UK he's fairly he's fairly well known, and uh, he's insane guitarist in terms of like arranging his parts for guitar and also his his songwriting. Um, so his album Every Kingdom was a big influence for me in terms of getting into songwriting properly. Yeah, so that's sort of the background, I guess. <laughs> And it was interesting you mentioned that your parents are musical because mine are too. I come from a musical family. My earliest memories were in nightclubs and bars with my my father. I know people on the show have heard me talk about that before. I've always wondered, where does it start? You know, what if your parents weren't musical? Were you the first one that had this gift? And maybe you'll pass it on to if you ever have children someday. It's 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 really interesting how that <laughs> how that go how that goes about and how it how it's hereditary and it, that that type of uh, talent gets passed on through the genes. 
It's super interesting. I, I know so many people as well who don't have musical parents and who are insanely talented musicians and songwriters yeah. and, you know, so on. You comment initially on how, how young I am to have made uh, this album the way it sounds. Um, I get that comment quite a lot and I think it is because I've, I've been fortunate enough to have that sort of like the, the folk and the jazz and the and the pop and the uh, world music which isn't typically what what the first sorts of genres you would listen to would be so I was like I was 15 and I was like walking to school and I, I had like Al Jarreau going on in my headphones and um <laughs> And it's like you you play that to someone in your in your class and they're like, this is not, you know, this is not <laughs> what I'm listening to. So I guess that's maybe the benefit of it. I'm not surprised that people have told you what I said. They can't believe that you're that young. And I, again, I don't, didn't mean it condescending. I know you didn't take it that way and I'm glad you didn't because it's just, you know, a lot of times artists are will start out pop. That's what they grew up with. They heard on the radio. They'll make a record 18, 19, 20. It isn't until they're in their 30s, late 30s, 40s where they all of a sudden make this jazz record or make this record, you know, and, and the fact that you're you're doing this sound that just I, I can't believe it that you know when I when I listen to it the the maturity of it it's it's a it's a different level and it's it's very very cool so do you remember the first song you ever wrote and, and what it was called so I'm gonna skip the initial like flaming hot repertoire because I'm <laughs> even though they were there were some hits there um, <laughs> I, and I'll go with the the first song I ever wrote for my uh, you know, to, that I released into the world was on my last album and it's called uh, Lullaby. I cry for dreams Show to me Oh, so monstrous things Oh, oh, oh It's time to sleep first project I ever worked on um, in terms of like music production and uh, it was sort of it was mainly just an experiment really to because I, I sort of had this idea that I maybe wanted to try and record some stuff uh, and I'd recorded like some versions of covers that I loved one being like um, Katie Tunstall's uh, Big Black Horse and the Cherry Tree which forever be one of my favorite tracks i think it's a great track and um so it was me sort of branching out into doing my own stuff on cubase um and yeah that was i mean that was very much me sort of bringing together uh I guess maybe the earlier Ben Howard the influence stuff with my later jazz uh, influence, uh, which came when I was about 16 or 17. So I wrote that song when I was about 16, um, Lullaby, and uh, yeah. Well, you know, this track we're going to talk about, Think About You, from the new record, Bloom. You had mentioned that your dad plays uh, the drums. I can hear the jazz influence. Yeah, uh, that he's a jazz drummer. It's just it's it's apparent. Who else played on the record? Did you play all the guitars, or did you have other studio music? And the recording sounds fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Um, that means a lot. It's a it's it, you know taking on the burden of recording an album yourself is it's a bit of a, a process and a journey. You can get madly perfectionistic about it. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, in terms of on the album, I have, so I'm at the Academy, I have a lot of friends um, who are who are great musicians. So uh, I had a friend called Seth Tackerberry. He's plays bass in my year. He plays a lot of the electric and um, you'll hear the, the acoustic bass, so double bass on some of the tracks, which wasn't something I did on my old album. It's something I've gone into on this album. And who else? Another bass player I work with called Hugo Piper. He's on um, Better Days, which is another single I released. And who else? That's my dad doing the drums. And then I've had a few few keys players on the album. Um, 
a really cool producer actually called Chris Heisen. He plays piano on a few tracks and it's really beautifully uh, sort of like soundscapes sort of stuff. And who else have I got? Did Chris co-produce the record with you or, or is no, he, he, he co- just played on uh, well, he he produced one of the tracks on the album, but okay. he but for all the other ones he's on, it's just um, me. I was like, I love your piano playing. Can you please play on this track of mine? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's it really for the the people on the album. I hope I haven't missed anyone. No. <laughs> okay, and outside of your your uh, home city of London, have you? Uh, I'm sure you played across the UK. Have you been outside of the UK at all to to play any shows? Last year, I. I was actually super fortunate. I did a tour uh, with um, some German musicians who I met. They did a show here and I I went to the show and then we sort of got talking and I went and I ended up touring with them for a a few dates in Germany. Yeah, we played played a show in Berlin, which was really nice. And they they were so, so nice, so keen. They they just, I arrived and they'd learned all my music and it was... um, yeah, so I just sort of, and they, they got me this guitar, really nice guitar. Actually, funny story, I, they they uh, gave me a, uh, a Gibson Les Paul studio, which I loved so much, I went away when I came home and I bought my own one. So That's great. Um, yeah, so Germany, where else have I played? I played, um, I did a show in Norway, which was nice. And how's the audience response been? Well, abroad. Or just in general, I mean, at, at home, you know, how, how are your, your, your shows attended or, and how's the response in the UK? Well, I guess, I mean, I've done a lot of these sort of um, jazz venues, jazzier venues around London and uh, around the UK um, because that's sort of my my roots. And I think something about the music is, uh, you know, sometimes someone with a jazzier ear can maybe hear some of the subtlety in the music. So they they tend to um, enjoy that sort of crowd of people. And I guess it's where I come from as well. So... I have a strong grounding in jazz, so I've done a lot of jazz venues, and yeah, I guess it's uh, I've been I've been trying to gig as much as I can. It's 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 a big learning experience, really, and it's sort of taken my musicianship to the next level, playing in front of an audience. I mean, I, I think they like it. I, I hope they do. <laughs> well, I can I, I I imagine they do like it. I, I'm I'm almost positive of that. Tell us a little bit before we get into the song here about studying jazz and how that's been and how that's influenced your songwriting because I find that really cool. Studying jazz, it's been a process because I started studying when I was about 16. Um, Fortunate enough to be in London where there's a whole array of youth jazz uh, organizations. So I've been a part of the National Youth Jazz Orchestra, um, Tomorrow's Warriors, uh, the Junior Royal Academy and so I really started getting my ear into that sound fairly young and learning standards and sort of just approaching it with the idea of being a, a jazz guitarist. Um, that mm-hmm. was that was what I initially saw myself doing. And so I was getting a lot of, it, it enabled me to get a lot of things together to, to well, to, to solo, I guess, in a way which uh, a lot of uh, maybe popular guitarists aren't able to because they haven't had that that grounding yeah and I think it's 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 sort of it, it opens your ear up a lot and I've listened and I've played a whole array of different kinds of music and harmony and I guess it, it enables you to to choose pick and choose what you like and what you don't like and take different things and I think um because because jazz is such a, a varied music it's it's given me a lot of uh musical palettes to draw from when I write I guess well, I, I, it's interesting because I can hear the influence in your harmonies and even in the musical, the, the chordal structure in terms of, you know, listening to this song, even the poppier parts of the song have just this influx of jazz here or there where it doesn't sound like a normal poppy song. When you comment on that, to me, that that is completely natural to me now because I've been playing jazz and jazzier musics for like so long. It's sort of, it's not even an intentional thing anymore, just that sort of uh, jazzy flavour. It's more just ingrained into me to approach uh, playing a note or playing a chord or playing a rhythm in a certain way, I guess. Looking to elevate your music career? DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that enables musicians to distribute their music to online stores and streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Tidal, and many more. DistroKid collects earnings and payments, sending them to you, the artist. 
With DistroKid, artists unlock a world of possibilities. From easily paying collaborators with splits to securing your music with DistroLock, DistroKid covers all bases. Plus, you can promote your releases with HyperFollow and create eye-catching visuals with a Spotify Canvas generator, all for free. But that's not all. Introducing the DistroKid app, now available on iOS and Android. Artists can manage their releases, view streaming stats, and withdraw earnings, all from the palm of their hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. With its simple interface and customizable mastering options, artists can make their music sound polished and professional within minutes. And don't forget about Instant Share, DistroKid's newest feature. Share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more, ensuring your music streams at the highest quality. Ready to take your music to the next level? Download the DistroKid app and explore their suite of tools today. Plus, listeners can enjoy 30% off their first year by visiting distrokid.com slash VIP slash demakes. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash demakes. Yeah. So getting into the track, uh, Think About You, uh, which was uh, released on January 27th. Uh, the song is four minutes and 35 seconds long. And it just, you don't even mess around. It just, <laughs> your, your, your beautiful voice, boom, right off the top. The vocals just come right in with only guitar. And uh, I'm going to set up this first verse, and I'd, I'd like you to, to talk about it with us. Uh, I think about you all the time. It's like you've got a hold of my, my heart, affection, lose, connection. Say goodbye, because I don't think that I can. Perfection need protection. If I hold too tight, you better put me right. My reflection lose connection. Oh, just tell me why. So what? So what's this about? It sounds a little bit depressing when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people people say that when they get their their lyrics uh, read back to them, it's a strange know, thing. It's like, oh God, calm down. <laughs> but um. What, yeah, what, well, what's what, what's what's going on here? So, I guess it's it's may, maybe makes more sense uh, chronologically to to say that I I first came up with the chorus lyrics and melody, and um, that sort of set the tone of the track. Being like, so the first line of the chorus is even though I'm with you all the time, it sort of sets up this notion of like. Uh, sort of being a bit obsessed with someone and I was in a relationship at the time of writing this and it sort of speaks to uh it's fundamentally a song about insecurity and how you know on the surface it might it might feel like you're in love and it's a sort of a good thing that you're this obsessed with with someone but um going deeper it's sort of like you know so so the final line of that is like just tell me it'll be all right you know so when I when I write, it's it's sort of I try and be I try to be so like pretty um, metaphorical and and so like have sort of multiple meanings in my in my lyrics. So I because I, I like the idea that a, a song can be what the listener makes it and it can appeal to to different listeners um, or, or my my so called wisdom can appeal to to different <laughs> listeners. But um, for me, it's it's basically about being insecure in a relationship with someone yeah <laughs> okay okay well that's uh cool that you can express that vulnerability do you usually write lyrics first or the chords first in the melody how how and how did this song come about so this one uh, is a bit of a maverick uh this this song actually uh sprouted from a, a voice note so when i was i spoke earlier about being on tour when i was on on tour in germany um, this this melody, the chorus melody, just came to me, and I ended up recording it as a voice note entitled "Slow Jam." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it started melody first, which is quite uncommon for me. I'm normally, as you might be able to guess, a harmony harmony gal, uh-huh. harmonic gal um, at heart, because of, you know I love I love jazz harmony, I love complex harmony. But yeah, this is um, and this is potentially why. The track has a poppier flavour to it because I started with um, that voice note and I knew when I uh, was singing it uh, that I wanted it to have sort of a deep groove, so like a really heavy groove 
yeah, so that that's how that started, and that is how I uh, came up with the chorus melody, and then I obviously harmonised the chorus melody using my sort of complex, uh, you know, the sounds that I love in my head. Well, that was that was another question. Did you provide all the vocals on this? Is that all you? In terms of the performance, well, in, in the backing vocals, and it was was there any other vocalist that sang on this song? It sounds like it's all you to yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's it's all me on this. It's song. all you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we get up to the uh, line, "Say goodbye" here in the verse, and there's three bass and drum hits, and I, in my notes I wrote "dun dun 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 dun." It just comes in. It just adds this cool little little flavor there for a second. And then on the word protection, about halfway through the verse, the band comes in. Mm. And on the next line, if I hold too tight, there's where the ooze come in. You better put me right. My reflection ooze, connection ooze, tell me doesn't follow your typical <laughs> uh you know rhyme or reason of of, a, of of where you place them they are just uniquely placed and they and they they work perfectly together i also noticed that sometimes uh depending and, and, and again the recording's really cool it'll be panned off to the right or the left on certain words it, it almost sounds like you're, you're singing in unison on one word t- together but it's like a little breathier than your lead vocal so it adds mm-hmm. this this just this kind of ping pong thing with with my ears it's just wow. a really Wow. You have really great neat. ears. <laughs> that was okay. that was actually completely intentional in terms of the 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 second uh, like doubled lead vocal. Um, yeah, it, it it's such a great texture. Like, did you come up with that, or did somebody else? Or yeah, no, uh, no, no. That, so it's 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 all all these ideas are mine. So I'm so I'm so pleased that you like them. But yeah, it's it's completely not uh, uh, an obvious uh, pop song or arrangement and. That sort of stems from this this whole thing we, we were talking about of just musical surprises, trying to surprise the listener. And again, I, I want to stop myself and I'm going to apologize. I am almost throwing this at you like there had to be someone else in the room that came up with these parts. You couldn't possibly at your age <laughs> come up with this, but it's just it's mind blowing. I mean that with complete sincerity. It's just you thought of that. You thought of doing those vocals like that. It's so cool that the I, I, I'll, I'll use the word again. The, the, the It just provides this this texture that's really that works works amazing in the track thank you, thank you. i mean I, I guess maybe maybe i can try and shed some light on on that process i i guess um i so i tend to build the tracks in a very uh specific way so i'll 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 start with guitars so you obviously have the main guitar part going on there and then quite often i'll double that guitar with a, a either a different instrument or the same guitar to give it that that texture um and then i'll i'll sort of uh I'll add a lead vocal over the top or an idea. And then sort of once I have the meat of the the part, I sort of, uh, that's when my creativity tends to go a bit, a bit mental. And, um, <laughs> and cause I, I mean, you'll be able to hear if, uh, if you've checked out the album, just quite how layered everything is. And that's my, that's what I love. I love the ability to layer things, to build tension and to, to create harmonies, which you wouldn't be able to play normally with just five fingers. Um, and so that is, that is what I'll do with a, with a track and um, I'll, I'll add more guitar parts. And then with the BVs, I tend to add those last as a sort of final flavor, trying to find the spaces in the track and the, you know, where they can uh, pronounce things that I would like to be pronounced. Um, yeah, maybe that sheds some light on it. <laughs> it. It does shed light. And you're the first person on the show to say BVs. And for our listeners, she means background vocals. But I like that. Oh, so. God. Is that just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, do, knew what I, you, actually... I knew what I knew what you meant. But, you know, some of my listeners, I, I want to keep them in the know of our, of our of our lingo here as artists, Rosie, it's, you know. It's, fu- it's actually really funny you say that. like Because uh, I've been working with my manager for the past <laughs> eight or nine months recently. And he's he's got all of the marketing phrases that he'll that he'll come out with and he'll um yeah and I, f- I find myself 
saying this stuff now because he i'm just so used to him like talking to me about dsps and and yes. whatever yeah and i sometimes i hear myself and i'm like oh my goodness me no it's great no but you're <laughs> but but your bvs your background vocals i i tried wrapping my head around them i i just it, it's a different a different way of thinking a different way of writing that what you're doing is very unique and very cool i love the nine second musical interlude i'm calling it here it's almost like a pre-chorus with no vocals that happens it's these jazzy drums before we get to the first chorus and the guitars are just really interesting here and it almost sounds like if, if you put huge big heavy guitars and heavy drums like some like progressive metal bands like i don't know if you've ever heard of dream theater and some of these bands that's what i was hearing when i heard this part i was like wow <laughs> it's it, it it it's not supposed to be heavy this part but to me it hits me heavy before it sets up for this chorus and everything drops out and it's the single note guitar part that your melody is following on that first line even though i'm with you all the time that is awesome it, was that always written like that or was it like in the later chorus in the song where it's full band so i i, I mean the melody came first and that's actually really interesting can i even remember how i came up with that i think it, it was potentially a thing of like i was I was trying to, because occasionally when I when I can't, uh, just so I remember things, I'll memorise the, the shape and the pattern on the guitar so I can go back to it, like if I need to remember a BV line. And I think uh -huh. I was potentially at the time just trying to remember the melody and the rhythm I was singing. <laughs> and then I think I thought, oh, wow, that actually sounds really cool singing and playing that line in unison it adds a really nice tension and release to the piece um, it, and so it, i think it, i kept it in <laughs> it is awesome but a lot of times as younger songwriters or when you're kids and you're in your first band i, I was guilty of it where you realize the melody you're singing is what the guitar's doing because you're young and you don't know and it's kind of for lack of a better word you're almost lazy this it just it works perfectly, and like you said, it, it's in unison with the vocal. It, it's really cool. The next line is, and again, I'll, I'll do the first line in the chorus, even though I'm with you all the time. That's with the single guitar notes. Uh, everything I do, yeah, you're always on my mind. In every part of me, oh, just tell me it will be all right. And on that line, again, you got the single guitar notes that are doing the melody. And then we get five na-na-nas eight na-na-nas and then five more na-na-nas at the end of the chorus that are just placed perfectly and throughout this chorus there's your background ooze that are happening sporadically and they're just kind of floating around the whole thing oh, just tell me it will be If you could lyrically set up the uh, chorus for us. It's a similar idea to exactly what I was talking about. It's all following that same idea of um, feeling all consumed by, by a person and then maybe, maybe even losing touch of, um, of who you are. And yes, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's just the theme that, that follows throughout, throughout the lyrics, I guess. But um, in terms of the, the na-na-nas, they were actually, you might be interest, interested to know that they were actually supposed to be lyrics but then obviously I, I sang it like that and then I think I played it to, to my mom and she was like no no leave those in <laughs> it's been um, a great debate on the show you know I my band I've done so many na na na's and someone actually just compiled a funny video at our Facebook group and put it on because we had an artist on here that said na na na's are just lazy people don't want to write lyrics <laughs> Another thing I'm not a fan of is uh, like when songwriters uh, go la 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 or na 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 you know I'm just like come on it's so fucking lazy to you know just sing na 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 or fa la la and you know I've 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 never really liked doing that. Journey made a career out of it. Yeah, you know a lot of people do it and. In the context of what he was talking about on the show, I agreed with him. And then someone put this video up of like 50 songs that I sing na na nas and, you know, kind of, kind of as, as a jab at me. Sometimes they just work. And mm -hmm. if you try to recreate what you did there with the feeling and the emotion lyrically, and I think that's what your mom was saying, right? Exactly, yeah. 
I think that the chorus as well is a really, really speaks to me, my love of reharming and harmonising melodies, which which is something I'm, I'm, I'd love to do more of, especially as I'm going into the writing of my third album, which is, you know, a long time in the future at the minute. It's just uh, thinking about different songwriting processes and starting with the melody more, just because I love the process of harmonising and reharming a, me- a melody. Um, and in, in terms of the chorus for Think About You, you've got these super simple chords first time round. But then as we go into the na-na-na section, you've got a more complicated, jazzy yes. harmony going on there. I, I would also, it, uh, I don't know if you know someone called Lewis Taylor. He's sort of a cult, I don't. cult singer-songwriter artist who gave up, gave up music ridiculously young for some unknown reason. Um, Yeah, he's he's a big influence for this track, and I was sort of subliminally had him in mind when I was writing the chords for the chorus there. Well, we come out of chorus number one, and it's straight into verse two, and the whole band is in at the top of this verse. It's not like the first verse where you come in with a guitar and vocal. And the lyric is, uh, thinking about another life, I think about you day and night. Right? Direction? No. Objection. I'm a little shy, but in time I will arrive. Learning lessons speak confessions. If I don't know why, I find it hard to classify. Stolen moments owed emotions. It'll be all right. There's some deep stuff there. For me, the the line that that I was I was really pleased with when I came up with it. <laughs> so songwriters do do have those lines. Those moments, of course, we're like, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the whole uh, sto- stolen moments, owed emotions. I think there's something about the uh, pronunciation of those words there, which I find really satisfying. And I think it sort of summarizes the song really in just that that one that one line. Sort of um, this this idea of uh, expecting something from someone and then uh, expecting time from someone, and, and then like it's followed with with the it'll be all right sort of me reassuring myself maybe even doubting myself that that I'm I'm sort of rec- recognizing certain problems but you know it's uh you know it will be all right that sort of idea Okay, I'll tell you the line I like too is, uh, again, it's that vulnerability, put, putting yourself out there. It's a, I'm a little shy, but in time I will arrive. Mm-hmm. Have, have, you, have you arrived? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess maybe in a different sense, who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it is, it's interesting. Because I'm, I'm quite a private person emotionally, but then um, a comment I get a lot about the songwriting is just how honest it is. And Yeah, um, that's, the, that's, that's exactly how I'm reading this. It, it, feel, it feels and it sounds honest. So I, I guess it is. It does work as a certain certain kind of therapy for me to to get these uh, these strange thoughts going on in my head out onto paper. And um, yeah, so I guess that line speaks to to me feeling you know quite feeling like I'm quite a guarded private person. <laughs> yeah, and but in time I will arrive. <laughs> I love that line. And something I meant to ask you a moment ago, and I forgot. So when you're doing these these background vocals and these counter melodies and these just jazzy notes and things you're doing are these already orchestrated in your head pretty much you know the the blueprint when you go into the studio or are these something you kind of you know do a couple different takes and figure out what works when you're when you're under the microscope so to speak for me like the the project so the pro tools project that i'm on that i start on is is just that's it so that that is the final version. So it basically goes from demo to final version, all on the same project. I, so everything I record will stay in one place. Um, in terms of coming up with with parts, I guess it's some sometimes it's sort of like an inner sense for for what for what will work. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll always follow those ideas through because I think it's necessary to to do that, you know, necessary to hear your ideas in context. Um, and normally I, I have to say, like, I, I'm quite, I, I 
definitely a person of you know don't overthink what you're doing when you're when you're writing um because often that that instinct you have is 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 really valuable especially like have being in the fortunate position of listening to so much great music um it's quite it's a subconscious thing for me i i find um but yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously, if if I, I if I think something's rubbish, I'll read I'll redo it with a different idea. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, of, of course, I'm just I just again without sounding like I'm. Uh, I'll just say it. There's you're a natural, and I, I I it's evident from just watching you play and sing. It's just a talent that's inside of you. So I'm just wondering how much of this you have to actually go in and 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 do. But you know, you had mentioned something interesting that that basically when you start a session. In, in Pro Tools, that's the recording medium that you use, and you set it up, and that working demo ends up becoming the, the finished track. So there's ideas that come from initially, and you might go, you know, that, that backing vocal could be a little different. You'll change it, but it's, it's all still within the same session that you initially started. Yeah, I mean, recording and, and producing is, is such an accessible activity these days. I mean, anyone can, anyone can do it. It's... Um, uh-huh. And for me, I, I wouldn't really differentiate it from the songwriting process itself because that it, because the layering, this idea of layering is part of the songwriting to me. And so it doesn't really make sense to me, at least, to to record it, everything <laughs> and then re-record it. But um, at least not, not for this body, a particular body of work. But um, Which also yeah. lends itself to what you're saying, though. I mean, the ideas mm-hmm. in your head, when you, when you put them down, those are the ideas. You're not changing too much, too much of them. And, you know, I think I, I could speak for myself and, and most artists that I know, like they, they put the idea down and they really, really start to change it. And, and other people just have this vision from the get go. That sounds like what you have. You put it down and you're off and running. And that's that's amazing. After the uh, verse number two, we go into that same nine second musical interlude with those. J- I love the way your dad plays drums, by the way. <laughs> it's 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 just like I said, this part isn't intentionally. I'm using the word heavy, but this part just just lifts. Well, you'll be interested to know actually that I, <laughs> I, I actually told him what to play. So I played the drums for him, <laughs> and I recorded it. And because I'm I'm a little bit rusty, he wrote out a drum part for himself based on what I played. Um, so whilst a lot of the the jazzier sort of inflections are his ideas, so you, when we get to the bridge later on, that drum beat there was my my drum beat. So I don't I don't often do that, but for this track, I had a very specific deeply yeah. groovy idea in mind so yeah <laughs> i'll let him know oh, though that's just great you you make music with your father i think that's awesome <laughs> we come into chorus two which is the same as chorus one uh same lyrics uh, even though i'm with you all the time everything i do yeah you're always on my mind in every part of me oh just tell me it will be all right and then you get into the nanas and then we come in to a 30 second guitar solo It's, I don't know if, the, I know it sounds acoustic. Are those nylon strings on that acoustic or? No, they're, they're super thin acoustic strings, which is okay. a, a little bit of a trick. Um, yeah, they almost sounded like nylon and the solo is is beautiful and you're doing these sporadic ooze and, and kind of, it almost sounds like singing, but they're not words. You're, you're doing mm-hmm. some, some melodies that are kind of floating in and around this solo and again was uh, was the solo laid down first or was the vocals and when you were doing the vocals were they just do you remember if it was just kind of what you were feeling that came out or did you have to think about it a lot so so for the bridge section that guitar idea was definitely the the fundamental idea so another great uh, uk artist leanne lahavis potentially you might know of her <laughs> Oh, 
she just released an album around the time I was writing this song and so I had a lot of that in my ears and it was she uses a lot of nylon string uh, guitar and so for this section I really wanted to make a lot out of that and I took this very specific layering approach and I wanted to make the most out of uh, these nylon guitar ideas and then so so you have this uh, melody almost inbuilt into the guitar part already which is uh, you mentioned earlier it's, it's very easy to try to just want to sing what you're playing on the guitar so it was actually quite tricky to um to build this section because the guitar part is so involved already but yeah so I, I played the the layers and then I thought this section what does this section need this section needs a guitar solo <laughs> who played the solo me oh <laughs> you keep flooring me you keep you keep steamrolling me here that that solo is just it's awesome that solo Thank is you. is so good so good yeah well to I, I think um so this idea of having super thin gauge strings on an acoustic guitar is something not a lot some some people tend to look down on it I think because I guess there's a notion of acoustic guitar being super like rich and full sounding but um it's a really unique tone and it was actually an accident um and I think that you know putting uh, thin strings on on my acoustic uh and I well, think that's it allowed me to get that those ideas and that tone out in that solo and I I I am really happy with how it turned out. So um, it's yeah. it's remarkable, and, and and thanks for deflating me as a guitar player, Rosie. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> practice for the rest of my life now. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that solo is fantastic. I love well, it. Thank and you I'm, so much. I, thank I you. didn't I didn't know from talking earlier that I, you were talking about different musicians that you uh, go to school with. I thought I just. I don't know why yeah, I so thought someone else someone else played that. I had seen you play guitar, but none of the videos that I saw you were playing ripping a solo like that. That just uh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So so I play all of the guitars and the ukuleles and the solos and the vocals, and then everything else is um, uh, my my mates. <laughs> gotcha. Well, we get into what I'm calling the bridge after the guitar solo. I guess you could say this is a third verse, but the but the melody here changes, and it's uh, I'm feeling like I'm running, like I'm running from the other thinking maybe we could make some time to build. And I want to talk about that that word to build, and, and but I'm going to say the rest of the lyrics first. I've been looking for a story, looking for someone who can set me, thinking maybe we could make our story real. On that second line to build and on the fourth line, story real, you go to a low note. Your voice changes on those two words in the second verse and on the fourth line. Your voice changes. Un- it goes to a lower register unlike anything else in the song you sing. Like I'm running from my other And it's just such a cool, it's like, whoa, where did this come from? It's just such a neat thing. I mean, when I say low, it's completely lower than everything you're doing. Was that written like that? Or was that something you just thought of doing? That's really interesting. Well, I I talked a bit earlier about melodies and um, I found it really difficult actually to come up with a melody for this section. And I think I was sort of riffing on it. Like we were talking, you know, earlier about, you know, ideas that we like, ideas we dislike. And yeah, this, this was a part that took a little while to get right. And, um, it's so, un- it's so unique to just all of a sudden have this different voice. And it's only on those four words on mm-hmm. line two on the two words and on line four on the two words. Yeah, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't an, it wasn't like a thought about thing, but um, I think I just, I liked the, the way the phrase uh, was built and how it started and ended. And I think, I thought that, that sort of matched the tone of the, um, of the lyrics as well there. So yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's hard (laughs) to sing as well. I've been trying to play this song. You know, it's a crazy move that you do there. You like go yeah. down an octave. It's really, it's really different. Uh, we go right into uh, chorus three, which this time the full band's in. You don't mimic the melody on this one. The band's just playing along. Same, same lyrics as uh, the, the first two choruses. But then we come to an outro and the guitar, it's just guitar and you, the vocals at the end. And there might be a keyboard behind there or mm. or guitar chords playing is that a keyboard yeah there's a keyboard and there's also electric guitar going on 
Yes, okay, it is a keyboard. And the guitar mimics that first line, even though I'm with you all the time. Uh, the guitar's doing the single notes there, and then you say, everything I do, yeah, you're always on my mind, in every part of me. And the song just ends on me. The song ends like it starts with just your vocal, and it adds that just personal, that, that thing, that flair, that touch. Even though I'm with you all the time, Everything I do, yeah, you're always on my mind in every part of me. So was that always written like that or was it a double chorus or is that kind of how you had it in mind to end? I think uh, I definitely wanted to end with the chorus because going into the writing of this song, I wanted the the poppier thing. I had like a poppier sound in mind. And so I, I wanted a big sort of, you know, f off outro (laughs) and um yeah yeah, and i think the the double chorus sort of made sense at that point because that you know that tends to be what what happens in in traditional pop song arrangements um but yeah i guess i i guess i also i had that similar um idea of like the song should end how it how it begun um well and it's not even really a double chorus though because you don't get those last two lines in the na na na's in so you stop in every part of me it just stops there which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, I think it's just, it's a guitar teacher of mine calls Killing Your Darlings. Um, so <laughs> parts of the music that, you know, I could have, I could have gone the whole way, but it's like, does it, does it need, does it need a full double chorus? Because I mean, the chorus is like, it's over 30 seconds long. So I didn't, I didn't think it needed the whole thing there. And, and yeah, I thought it, uh, it was a, a cohesive way to end, ending on, on that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Well, listen, Rosie, I want to, uh, we're going to wrap up here in a moment. I just want to thank you for taking the time. As I said, uh, my producer Chris and I get a number of emails weekly of uh, different uh, managers, publicists that want us to feature artists. And uh, y- there was something about this track, something about you that was just like, wow. And Chris and I keep saying, we want to get someone on here that we could say we had them first before the, oh, you know, the man. whole, the, the whole world knows them. And we, we wish you nothing but the best. Is there anything that you'd like to, to plug at this point, things you have coming up? I know the new record bloom is set to be released and uh, let our listeners know what's going on uh, in your world. Oh, well, I mean, Firstly, thank you again for having me on. It's re- it's really nice to talk about the the process with you, and you just you seem to know my mind quite well. So you have you have very very good ears. So thank, thank you. you. Well, um, you have. Uh, I, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, to plug, I guess most obvious thing is the the album. So uh, I've got two singles out at the minute. So there's Better Days and Think About You, which is the one we just talked about, uh, and the album Bloom will be out roughly May or June time. Um, and I guess you can follow that process uh, on my Instagram or at my website, which is rosiefreitertaylor.com. Yeah, but but in the meantime, I guess um, yeah, you could just check, you could check out the single, you could check out Think About You. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody, check out the single. Check out uh, find find Rosie online, and uh, as soon as we can get back out playing live shows, go and go and check her out live. And, and when I'm back in the UK or wherever, if I see see that you're playing, I'd love to come see you play and meet you. Amazing, yeah, I'd love to meet you too. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is submit your song and bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is the Baltimore, Maryland alt-rock band Dosser. Their debut album Brain Scan is a heavy and exciting take on 90s grunge and alternative music. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find their music on all the streaming services. Here's a snippet of their song, Kung Lao.
The Wrap with Chris and Chris. So you and I were just laughing about the fact that Rosie is so good that we hope that her music isn't so good that it goes over people's heads. I think there's still enough of a pop sensibility there that I'm hopeful that she's going to be this enormous artist, but she's so good that sometimes that goes over people's heads, and I hope that doesn't happen. You know, uh, I completely agree 100%, and I'm so glad that when we first started this podcast, Chris, you were the one that said, you know what, we have to take a chance on on some artists that uh, you know are, are, are unknown uh, and Sierra Sellers was the first one, uh, Pittsburgh artist that we had on that we think is fantastic. She is fantastic. And now Rosie. And I can't believe, and I, I was careful. <laughs> so I remember when I was younger, people would comment about your age that you couldn't possibly be this good at your age, but she's just light years in maturity beyond, beyond her years. She's just, uh, the, the, the her craft is insane. I, and when she told me she did that guitar solo, I almost fall out of the chair. Age aside. Talk about how far she is into her, her music career, because the thing about age is that everybody's coming at it from a different perspective. Like some people grew up like Rosie did in a musical household, so they may have had an instrument in their hand from the time they're four years old or be writing songs from the time they're six. And then other people might not pick up a guitar till they're 20. But even age aside, the standard way of progressing as a musician and a songwriter it's to start in your early years with simple songs, simple chord progressions, yes. normal pop melodies, basic musicianship. Uh, but to see someone at the beginning already pushing the envelope in the ways that you might do later in your career is really inspiring. Yeah, that's you, you hit it in a nutshell. That's exactly what it is. Is You would think that, and, and there has been artists where they're, I mentioned in the episode, where they're late teens, early 20s, they'll do this bubblegum pop record and, you know, then they'll find their voice and find who they are and, and they'll gain influences as they, as they get older and they'll make that jazzy, you know, contemporary record when they're 35, 40. Not her. She started right out of the gate. I I mean, this stuff is 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 very advanced and just, uh, you know, it didn't surprise me once we started getting into it where she kept saying, no, I played that part. I did. She's the vision behind this. This is all all in her head that that's pouring out. It's 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 amazing. I laughed when you said, I'm going to go have to pra- I'm going to have to go practice for the rest of my life now after she said she played the guitar solo. And uh, isn't it wild when you see young people who are so good at an instrument that it just makes you want to quit? Now, granted, Rosie, she's 21, so she's young, but it's not like she's 12 or something. She's yeah. a full grown adult. But I know I've watched videos online of like six-year-olds playing drums and bass and stuff, and they're already so much better than me. And uh, how deflating is that when you see that, you know? Uh, for the listeners, uh, check out the, her stuff on YouTube. Check out her playing guitar live. It is just mind-blowing. Yeah. I mentioned that early on in the episode of just her hand is is playing a, a counterpart to what her, what she's singing and how, how her she can split her brain and do that. It's just... It's unreal, and and you know she comes from a musical household, which that is just in and of itself. It 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 resonates with me because I do too. And I had, I had said to her, which is funny, I often wondered where does it start. You know, if my parents didn't have musicality, what, did it start with me that I'm going to pass on? It has to start somewhere. And, you know, maybe your great, great, great grandfather had musical capabilities, but it skipped a couple generations. It's it's definitely it's it's hereditary. And the fact that she could speak to her father in musical terms and convey to him, this is what I'm hearing on the drums and her dad could spit it back out and play it is really, really neat. Hey, and you're not going to find someone in the world with less knowledge of jazz than me, (laughs) Uh, which is why I think I can listen to an artist like Rosie, and it just sounds so extra unique and interesting to me, is that she's taking inspiration from so many artists and styles that are alien to me. You can't really pinpoint it. Like I said, there's elements of pop here. There's elements of soul there's elements of jazz, but it's it's just kind of it's so well rolled into one that you just can't say, oh well, that's the pop part or the jazz part. It, it just it meshes together. And she even mentioned that that her training and her schooling, uh, you know, taking jazz courses has now it, it, it. She doesn't even think about it. It just infiltrates everything that she writes. Hey, a couple other things I wanted to touch on in this episode. One thing 
I always think about how impressed everyone is about people who can sing really high. Like think about Justin from the darkness or people like that. Who, who are some of the highest singers that you could think of, Chris? You listen to hair metal, so you definitely oh, got to know some. I mean, you know, you got Rob Halford. You had Jeff Tate from Queensryche back in the day. Uh, you know, uh, Mike yeah. from this band Steelheart, which you played a clip from them. I mean, these guys were, yeah, yeah, yeah. were, these guys were hitting notes that only dogs but, could hear. But... What people don't often talk about, Chris, is how difficult it is to sing low. I know you were talking about a part where Rosie went lower, but that just spawned this whole other way of thinking. Uh, my voice personally sits at like nicely in like a higher range, uh, but I struggle with pitch when I go low. And singing low is an art in itself that people I don't think think about a lot. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to have pitch low. And uh, typically a lot of times it's hard because you don't practice in that range and practice, you you practice makes your pitch pitch good. And those two notes that she hits uh, and those lines in the song, it was such, it it, it almost feels like it shouldn't work, but again, it it just, it just does. And she was kind of almost oblivious to it. Like, well, yeah, you know, (laughs) it's just something I did, but it's, it's genius. It just, it's so cool. Yeah, all these elements, like you said, they just come natural to her. I mean, she's a classically trained musician who grew up in a musical household who's writing music that is very uh, ahead of her age, I guess, is is the best way to put it. I don't know if that's even the way to put it, because you could you could live to be 80 and not write the stuff that Rosie's writing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, one other thing that I thought was really funny, this is just a, a little funny thing I made a note of. I was like, oh my God, that's so funny, is I laughed when she said that the song started as a voice note in her phone titled Slow Jam, <laughs> because <laughs> I can't tell you how many voice memos and logic sessions I have that are called Slow Jam. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I'm on Slow Jam 56 <laughs> in logic right now. <laughs> Yeah, my my uh, voice memo song titles are hilarious uh, in and of themselves. I, I I completely relate with that. I just I'm I'm really happy, and I got a uh, tip of the hat to you, Chris, for just pushing to take some chances on some lesser known artists. And I, I think that's a really cool cool angle to what we're doing here because it's it's not all about the people that I know or the songs that we have thirty years of memories attached to. You. Sometimes it's about giving someone that deserves it a chance. And she and Rosie is amazing. How cool is it going to be in like three years when, when Rosie Freighter-Taylor is this giant artist uh, and we're like, hey, we had her on the podcast when she was like 21 years old releasing, uh, you know, her first singles. So, yeah. hey, man. And I'm, a, I'm knocking on our tour bus do. going, we, we, can I get tickets to your show? You don't remember me? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Chris that makes a podcast. Who? Click. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rosie, you owe us coming back on the podcast when you uh, sell a million albums. So, there you go. Yeah, hell yeah. Speaking of owing, Chris, we owe the listeners of the podcast a million thanks for the continual support of our monthly fundraisers over at ChrisToMakesADifference.com. Our listeners are the best, man. They really are. <laughs> I don't just say that because they're our listeners. I really think that everyone's really cool. And you have no idea, each and every one of you, thank you so much for your generosity. We get these emails from from the fundraisers each month, and they just thank us so much, which in turn, we have to thank you because you're the ones uh, on contributing and, and giving the money uh, to, to help out these organizations. So thank you so much. Uh, our fundraiser for May is the Cure LGMD2I Foundation, Limb Girdle Muscular Dystrophy Type 2I as a Progressively Debilitating Disease. And the foundation provides funding for research programs to establish a treatment for this disease. So please head over to ChrisToMakesADifference.com and give whatever you can. Uh, thank you so much for, for helping us out. Yeah, man. LGMD2I is a rare form of muscular dystrophy, and they are continually searching for a cure for this. And if you can go to ChrisToMakesADifference.com, pitch in a buck, pitch in two, pitch in 20, pitch in 100 if you can afford to, and... uh it's all going to help. It all goes to a good cause. It's ChrisToMakesADifference.com. And you guys are awesome every month, for real. That's right. And if you have any money left in that wallet for the price of a cup of coffee, you could join our VIP program, which is called Supporting Cast, and join Chris and I for the after party, which is bonus episodes each week that you could listen to. Uh, it's 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 awesome. Head over to ChrisToMakes.com. You can find out all the information. There's different tiers, different levels. And uh, we got some new cool merch coming out that you can get discounts on and all kinds of other uh, cool surprises coming up. Yeah, so many people said to me, hey, man, one episode of Chris to Makes a Podcast each week is not enough. And we finally listened. All these episodes later, we're like, okay, we'll do this VIP program. You know, and if you want to see this podcast 
keep going and keep seeing us getting these awesome guests. You can help us out over at KristaMakes.com. Heck yeah. Thanks to everybody who's joined so far. And make sure you join the Krista Makes Podcast Facebook group because uh, that is where you can give us feedback on what you'd like to see uh, moving forward with Supporting Cast, the VIP program. Uh, I want to thank Rosie Freider-Taylor for being this week's guest. Her new album, Bloom, comes out on June 4th, so be sure to check that out. You can also pick it up on limited edition vinyl over at RosieFreiderTaylor.com. And we will see you next week. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.